0: about faith. So, you know, being a Christian for a while, being a Christian for a while, I've had the opportunity to think through a lot of the concepts that has to do with Christianity and our faith. So one of the things, so this morning I'm talking to you about what to, I'm talking to you this morning about how to deal when life is out of control. What do you do when life is out of control? What do you do when life is out of control? And where is this coming from? Um, if you're a new Christian and you hear about prayer, fasting, and faith, you are very excited. You're like, oh, praise God, let me fast, let me pray, let me do this. But as you grow older in Christianity, you'll find out that most times the older Christians are not very excited about prayer, about fasting, about sacrificial giving, about all those kind of things. And the reason is simple because there was a phase in their life where they were practicing those things consistently and the result they wanted to see did not happen and they just cannot pull away. So how do you deal when life is out of control? This is what I'm going to say to you. So when you want a change, change is going to come from two things, from the right belief system and the right actions. Change is going to come from two things, from the right belief system and the right action. People that need a change do very, now notice this, people that need changes do very little about the changes they want, or do things that are extremely ineffective. Let me explain that to you. When I have, when I want to talk to singles and I think I can provide singles contact that can help them get married. And I advertise a singles conference. Guess the people that do attend. The people that are really single and need it and do attend it. When we talk about want to help people financially, guess who does not have money to attend such things? The person that really needs the money. It's amazing. This is very, just, this is very funny. I've seen it all the all time. So I've seen that people that need something are not able to accurately, accurately just go for what they need. And, you know, and the reason why is that they have all the excuses in their mind. So we have a single seminar online and or we have one in the physical space. Or I say that all the singles will have a picnic. We want you to meet one another. Guess those that will not come, those that really need and are desperate. And before you judge them and say that, you know, why don't they come? You know, guess the person that eats a lot of junk food, the person that is trying to lose weight and the doctor has warned not to eat junk food. That's the person that eats a lot of junk food. The person that is slim, that should not be watching his weight, he's so conscious about what they eat. But the other person that is watching his weight is the one that is doing it. And the reason why I'm saying so is this. As human beings, everybody look up here, we gravitate towards what is familiar, not what is effective. That's a powerful. That's powerful. As human beings, we gravitate towards what is familiar, not what is effective. What does that mean? So, and I've said this before, but I will say it again. So, let me give an example. So, someone knows they need capital for business, but is not able to save. It keeps spending the money the way he used to spend it. The reason why is that, not that he does not want to save. The reason why he keeps spending the money is that that is what is familiar to. If you're going to have lasting change, You have to change what you're familiar to. Change into something else. For example, please look at me. If you came from a divorced family, the likelihood you'll be divorced is very high. If you came from a very poor family, the likelihood that you'll be poor is very high. If you came from a family where diabetes or high blood pressure is in that family, the likelihood you have it is very high. But it's not a life sentence. Just because you know that you can construct something else to change your reality. That's what I'm going to today. That's what I'm going to today. So, what do you do when life is out of control? What do you do when life is out of control? Let's turn in our Bibles. So after, so so why do people get to a place? Maybe I will start with this. You know, why do people get to a place in their lives and they just get to a place where they are just tired? This is the way I say it. After experiencing series of setback. People think and believe that they are genuinely helpless and they stop actively trying to believe for a change. And I'll give an example. There are people that prayed and prayed and prayed for a job. They prayed for a job for one or two years' space. And after doing it consistently, they just genuinely gave up. There are girls that have really prayed that they will enter into a marital destiny. And after doing it for one year, they just genuinely gave up. This is a concept, you know, it was discovered in the, even in science, it was discovered there. It was discovered in 1960. It's called the concept of learned helplessness. What is learned helplessness? Nobody is born helpless. But as you grow and you have experiences, you'll come to a place where you feel as if there's nothing I can do about myself. There's nothing I can do about my goals. There's nothing I can do that can make a vital change. So, there are people that come to church. They still pray, but they don't really believe that God will answer their prayers. Because it's just activity to them. So, is that possible? Let me give you a biblical example. The Bible says, when Peter was in prison, all the people in the early church gathered in the house of a woman, and they were praying for the release of Peter. There was a little girl. What's her name? Rhoda. What? Is it Rhoda? Okay, it was Rhoda. The Bible says, as they were praying... Rhoda was praying close to the door. Why was she praying close to the door? Because she was believing that if we pray and God will answer, Peter will be somewhere coming towards this house right now. That let me be close to the door so I can open the door for her. The other people were praying. They were religious. They were praying. They were coming. To us, they were sowing. They were fasting. And this is what it is. Because if you don't understand this thing, sometimes you will think that God is not fair. Because you will not understand how someone can come to church fast, pray, and do all of these things, and there is no result. It's not everything we can practically explain, but some of them we can explain. So, as Rhoda was praying, Rhoda heard the voice of Peter at the door. Instead of him to open the door, with joy, she ran into the prayers, stopped the prayers, and said, guys, let's stop praying. They said, why? He said, Peter is at the door. Do you know what they told her? They said, you are mad. They were praying that Peter should be released the result of their prayer happened. They say you are crazy. Meaning that they were just talking. There was no prayer in their heart. And that's why when it comes to Christianity, you must be careful. A lot of people come to church. A lot of people are fasting and praying. But all those things is with the mouth. It's not deeply rooted in their spirit. Last month, I think last, no, it was in November. One of the couples that I've been praying with to have a baby. They've been married for six years. So we went for a retreat together. And as we went for the retreat, I mean, we were going for the morning session. And as we went, I just looked at him. I said, so how far with the baby? What's going on right now? So as I spoke to him, you know what? I could see that although he was fasting and praying, that he practically did not have faith for what he was believing for. As we're talking, when I noticed it, I led him in more conversations And as we discussed, he himself came to that conclusion that he never knew he had faith. Let me tell you how it said. So I asked him about once I noticed, I I noticed it. I said, Wow. So I asked him about his business. I said, This business to do is very risky. If you lose it, what will happen? I said, Pastor, if I lose it, I'll grow it again. So what I could see the attitude. I said, Hey, what about the issue with baby with your wife? And he was excited I spoke about business. His face just dropped. I said, Ah. (laughs) <laughs> there was a way he took a deep breath. When he did that, I asked him. I said, did you notice your reaction? Your faith that your business will do well is so high. Your faith that you and your wife will have a child is so low. That was why as soon as I spoke about your business, you were excited and full of faith. As soon as I spoke about you getting pregnant, your face fell radically. It came to see me last week. He said, Pastor, thank you. I never taught in my entire life that I was not in faith. The reason why this is so difficult is this. What people call prayer and faith is their own definition. It's not the Bible definition. And it's very subjective to them. So someone will say to you like, I'm believing God for a healing. I'm believing God for a husband. I'm believing God for a child. I'm believing God for a change. When you begin to engage them, you will understand that what they call faith is actually presumption. And those things have no place in the realm of the spirit. And that's why knowledge is powerful. Because the more you learn, the more you know. The more you practice, the more you know the more you know. So, why am I saying this to you? So, this is what happens to people when they have expressed a lot of setback. And I know you are here. So, you're listening to me. You've tried and tried and tried on your immigration issue. You have tried and tried and tried to find your place yourself in a relationship where you are genuinely loved. You've tried and tried to break financial limits. You've tried three, four times and it has not worked. The, the Listen, this is Lent Helplessness. When you try for a long time, this is what your emotion does to help you. Because your emotion doesn't want to be hurt, your emotion produces an, a, a mechanism. It's an emotional mechanism that says, don't engage in this thing. Because if you engage in this thing, you'll be hurt. That's why when people pray, they are no longer specific in prayer. Because most times when they were specific in before, their prayer was dashed. So over time, we learned what I call if we learn helplessness and let me say something to you as a country the same thing you know when i thought about the NSAS yesterday and someone said about I didn't talk about it the reason why is this there are some things i don't want to i don't like the way it turned out by the time the NSAS finished what we didn't have we got something that we didn't have before that was negative nigerians became helpless All of you that night, that week, the the thought of people migrating abroad skyrocketed that week. Because there was a helplessness that came. And of course, I have my my perspective because once you're not very strategic about something and there's an interception of things, it can turn the other way. There was a helplessness that came with it. So I'm saying to you here, you're coming to church, but deep down in your heart, there's a helplessness. Let's look at the Bible. John chapter 5 verse 1. And we're going to read a couple of stories. Maybe before we go to that, let's look at maybe um, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. Something that can stir us up in this way. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. The Bible says, Hope the fat makes the heart sick. It says, Hope the fat. Did you see that? When you're expecting and expecting and expecting the financial breakthrough, after some time, your heart becomes sick. When you are praying and praying and praying for that child, after some time your heart becomes sick. When you are praying and praying for that job, after some time your heart becomes sick. It's not as though you don't want to have faith, but you have what I call a faith wound. What a faith wound? It's a damage on your soul and heart that makes you incapable to believe God for. And the reason why is that because of what has happened in the past, it's just difficult to believe God. I many of you know what I'm talking about? Now, wave your hands if you do know, please. If you do know, wave your hands. I, I don't, I, I won't just, okay, that's good. So, let's turn to John chapter 5. John chapter 5, verse 1. The Bible says, There was a fifth of the Jews, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. Now there is a Jerusalem, by the sheep market, or poor, which in the Hebrew tongue is called Bethesda, having five porches. Verse 3. In this lay a great multitude of impotent folks. Impotent folks means people that their body parts were not working. he has no power to work. Of the blind, of the hurt, of the widest, waiting for the moving of the water. Why were they waiting for the moving of the water? For an angel went down at a certain season and troubled the water. Another word is to stay the water. And whosoever stepped, whosoever after the troubling of the water stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease that he had does that alone is in its alone but let's leave it alone for now verse five and a certain man was then which had an infirmity or was sick how long was this sick can you tell me please i can't hear you at the back the bible says this person was sick for thirty and eight years so, you think about it. Most of you that have challenges, your challenge is just 5 years, 7 years, 10 years. This person has been sick for thirty and eight years. So, before you judge this man, I want you to think of what he's going through. Some of you are here. You are not even up to 38. Some of you are 38 exactly. This man has been sick for as long as he were born. Because sometimes in teaching faith, and this was something that the um, pastor was say, saying to us. He said, Sometimes we can teach faith in a way that is not empathic and says, "Why are you having a problem, you don't have faith, you're not responsible. If the message of faith should not be thought that way, there could be challenges, there could be ownership and responsibility, but the purpose of the message of faith is to raise you and lift you up. So this man has been there for 38 years. The Bible says, and when Jesus saw him lie... And knew he had been there for a long time. Jesus had a revelation. He said unto him, watch this now. He says, will thou be made whole? The question is this. When Jesus said to him, will thou be made whole? What should be the answer? It should either be a yes or what or no. When people have slipped into length helplessness, when the opportunity comes for them to come out, they cannot see it. I'm telling you, So, they've been dating people that have broken their hearts. This genuine guy comes that says, I really want to love you and take care of you. They cannot fall in love because they've slipped into land helplessness. They have been doing businesses and they've been losing. This particular business shows up where they can gain money. They would, see, in, let let, let me read it to you. I'm not sure if I, let me read it to you. Uh In land helplessness, people have failed so much and have accepted failure, and they refuse to do anything about it, even when there are opportunities to do so. Lend helplessness is the ability to accept and endure negative stimulus and be unwilling to avoid them when it becomes avoidable. So this person, this person, for example, there are some of your friends that need the miracle. Yes or no? When you invite them to the next level, what do they say? My bread, my brother, don't worry about that. So I'm, I'm, I'm over that. When God is ready, let him do what he wants to do. Some of you are here like that. I mean, I'm not going to kill myself. I, I can't come my and kill myself. What you have done is that you have slipped into a place of helplessness. So Jesus Christ asked him. What did Jesus Christ ask him? He said this. He says, Will thou be made old? The man was meant to say yes or no. The impotent man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man. The question is that the question was simple Will you be made whole? The Lord says, Do you want to have a baby? You said, Sir, they say my fallopian to be blocked. Is that what he's asking you? He said, Do you want to get pregnant? You said, Ah, there are no responsible guys. He said, Do you want finance for your business? You said, Sir, who will help me? The, que- and the reason why is this. When you are in in, in that helpless state, you begin to play the blame game. You begin to think of your. This is what happens to you. When you are in that helpless state, you begin to think that your destiny or outcome are out of your control. That's what you think. That there's nothing I can do about it. That there's nothing I can do. So because you know there's nothing you can do, you do not accept responsibility. That's a good time to clap. You do not accept responsibility. They ask you a question and say, because I live abroad, that's why things are like this. You just do not accept responsibility. One of the things you will notice, you know, one of the things you will notice when people have have helplessness is this. They have this mentality, I have no control over my outcome. You will hear things like, and this is the difference between brilliant students in schools and students that fail. Brilliant students always say, I got this. Students that fail always say, they gave me this yes or no why you see that brilliant how was it ah i got to be they always get something because the thinking is that i'm in charge of my outcomes so they say that the ones that fail they never say i got a f they say they gave me f the more you think that what you have is what is given to you that you cannot choose the more the tendency to fail in life will be very high are you here somebody This man, Jesus, just imagine, the angel came and troubled the water, and the first person that steps in will be healed. The person that sent the angel came in person. I'm telling you, it was not the angel that came. The person that sent the angel came in person. He looks at you and said, do you want to be whole? You say, I have no man. He said, what is that? What has that have to do with what I'm talking about? God says, do you want to marry? He said, there are no responsible men. My brother, you are not looking for man. It's only one, it's, you are not looking for men. It's only one man you are looking for. The book of Isaiah says, God says, if I want to bless you, and there's nobody around you to bring the resources to you, He said, I will call a man that will perform my counsel from the far east. He said, if nobody, listen, when there was nobody around to bring money to Jesus Christ, because let me tell you something. Many of you do not understand why the wise men came. I will tell you why the wise men came. The wise men came for two reasons. Number one, it was a sign. The second reason was this. Jesus was going to live in Egypt. Joseph and Mary did not have the financial substance to sustain themselves in a strange land. So what God did was to move wise men that brought gifts. So why didn't you use just from Jerusalem? Because in Jerusalem, people were not hearing. So he raised up wise men. The Pharisee did not hear The Sadducees, not here. How do I know? The Bible says when the white men were confused, they went to meet the Pharisees and Sadducees, they were able to accurately tell them where Christ would be born. They told them where Christ would be born, but they did not make any effort to go and look for Him. Be careful if you're a church leader. You know why? Church leaders are guilty of pointing people in the way of salvation and they're not doing anything about it. I'm telling you. Yeah, they'll, they'll be pointing people there. They don't do anything. That's why... Be careful of even the church that you speak to. Because sometimes the church you go to, they, you talk to them, they take the faith that you have away. So, they took the resources. They took because, I mean, the story says there were three wise men. I hope you know that that's, that's not true. Bible history said there might be close to 1,000 wise men. The reason why they say there are three wise men is because they gave three kinds of gifts. But three kinds of gifts does not mean there were three wise men. Someone says, "Is that true? Read your Bible. There were no three wise men." Someone says, "All the things you find, I just pay attention to the Bible. That's all." Just like I saw someone say, "There's Good Friday." Just died on Good Friday. Jesus never died on Good Friday. Just died on Thursday. Someone says, "Is that true?" The Bible is very clear. He spent three nights in the grave: Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. He woke up on Sunday morning. That's all. So there's no Good Friday. There's Good Friday. There's Good Thursday. Praise the Lord. All right, let's keep going. And the reason why I keep doing this is that we're in an age where people are asking questions. People are saying that there are fossils of animals that were seen before time. Where did these animals come from? People are asking those kind of questions. All right, let's keep going. So the Bible says this. And Jesus saw him lie there and knew he had been there for a long time. And this is the danger. This is the danger. How do people drift in a place of helplessness? It's one thing. They have been on that issue for a long time. That's how they get there. They have been trying to get married for a while. They have been trying to get a job for a while. They have been trying to get a miracle for a while. They have been fasting and praying for a while. So they get to a point where they just give up. And give up is two ways. They can give up and stop wanting that thing. But most of the time, when they are church people, they will keep doing the fasting and prayer. But on the inside, they don't believe anything again. They have said to themselves, "God, if you want to do it, do it. If you like, I can't kill myself." And the way faith works, Mark chapter eleven, he says, "Whosoever faith always starts with a who that can take responsibility. <laughs> faith always starts with a who that can take responsibility." So, so the Bible says this. The important man says, "Sir, I have no man." So the first thing about the state of helplessness is this: number one. You think that no, you don't have control over your outcome. That's what you say. You say, I can't marry myself, I don't have anybody to give me capital. That, that's how you know you are in a state of helplessness. The second thing you say is this you actually begin to believe that all your efforts and inputs are not connected to your outcomes. You will hear them say things like, There's no need to try, they are very low in motivation and very low very passive. They are very low in motivation and very passive. So you will see, you will see these ladies that need to get married, instead of them to put in more effort to be with people, to engage people, they say, I can't keep myself. You know why? Because they are in a helplessness state, they begin to withdraw. I will give an example. Have you seen someone that is struggling with a temptation or an addiction? Maybe it's a nicotine addiction, maybe it's masturbation, maybe it's women. You have tried and tried and tried to break away from women. You know, one guy, we I were was, I was having cell meeting, and one guy said, Pastor, let's just be honest here. I've been a Christian for 15 years. There's no sin I commit more than adultery. He said, I fasted 40 days for God to take it away. I'm looking for the man of God that will lay hands on me, and it will come out of my system. I said, well, add- addictions are not broken by laying of hands. That's the truth. That's not how you break addiction because addiction affects two areas, your spirit and your soul. And you don't cast out things from the soul. Your soul is being renewed. So you can cast out the influence from your spirit, but you cannot cast out things from the soul. But you will not... So that guy has gotten into a place, he said, I just can't help myself. He said, if I just see a woman... See, how did he come to that conclusion? Because there have been several attempts... come out of that addiction but because it could not find a breakthrough what happened to him he just broke down and that's what many people are many of you have said that i'm i'm meant to be average because you have made critical steps to advance but you'll find yourself breaking down many of us say i'm telling you the truth this is what happens and even me as a pastor pastor is here when this was starting we're having prayer meetings in what's that that hotel Wajay Hotel. And is it three or six months we were six every, every week? Six. six. For how long? Three or six months? six months? Six months. No matter what we did, we were six every, every, every week. Pastor, you called me one and said, Pastor Balaji, you know what? The way this thing is going, oh, just as a church accountant with a lot of experience in consulting, let's look at the past. It didn't say it that way. He said, let's look at the past and forecast the future. If in six months we have been six, what will we be when the church starts? I said, and it was a very smart suggestion. Because what had happened was that because both of us would sit down together and make concrete plans on how to grow the team. So we we'll say, you know what? We're going to break this six, this, this weekend. How do we break it? I'll say, let's invite three people. You, you take one, I take two. We'll invite three people. The same way we invite three people, three people will not come. So one day, after doing that for a long time, I said, I don't know what, what I'll do. At least Pastor Jesus, I'm there. Let's invite five new people. Like, no, four new, at least, two of us will be there. That day, Pastor, wasn't KPMG. He had to go to Buttercourt. <laughs> then the others did not come. The remaining five came, we came back to six. I'm only saying to you because at that time I could have thought that this is why some of you think you're cursed. I could have said, that's it. I could say that's it. So when this man said there's no man to help me, you look that's in irresponsible, irresponsible action and um, comment. But it's not irresponsible because for the many years he's been there, he's been making concrete attempts to get into the water when the angel comes. But some will go ahead of him. He's been making concrete attempts to expand the business, but something will shut him down. He's been making concrete attempts to expand his finance, something will shut him down. He's been making concrete attempts to get married, to buy the house. Something will shut him down until the time came. When he began, watch this now, when it started, he was making concrete attempts to move forward. Something shuts him down, then a time came, he began to sit down by the well and not making concrete attempts again. And that's where many poor are. They begin to come to church, they begin to know Jesus Christ, but there's no concrete attempt towards what they are. There's no concrete attempt. They don't believe for the pregnancy again. They don't believe for the change of job. They don't believe for the finances. They, they, and some of them don't have concrete attempt, Some of them will just readjust their goal and settle. So they have a tendency to do $10 billion in a year. They say, you know what? I'm not going to kill myself. $350 million is okay. Let me stay with that. Listen to me. Refuse to settle. <clears throat> Glory to God. The Bible says, and the impotent man says, sir, I have no man. So the first thing that happens when people have the helplessness is that number one, they say that they have no control over their, um, their outcome. You know, and you see that in the case of the um, prodigal bro- son's brother. See the prodigal son, his brother. The brother, when he came, when he saw the party, he always behaved as if he had no outcome. He was a son, but was helpless. The father said, you can take any sheep. He said, oh, I didn't know I can take any sheep. Because he was helpless. The second thing you will notice is this. They believe that their efforts and, and inputs are not connected to their outcomes or success. So what do they do? They don't, There's no need to try. So when other people are aspiring to put in more CVs, work at their finances, they never do that. The next thing is that the, the next thing also is that there's a lot of low self-confidence. What does that mean? So because there's a lot of low self-confidence, you can find them, they're not consistent in those activities. And the way success is, you have to be consistent to have results. I'm telling you, anybody that's built anything significant, watch them, they were at it for some time. And what helps you get at it is that you believe in your heart that this thing will break through. That's what it is. You believe in your heart that this will break through. The other thing is this. The other thing is this. So the other thing, which is very bad, is this: they begin self-sabotage behavior, which is the worst one. They don't only, um, they don't only hold back themselves. They begin behaviors that self-sabotage themselves. Have you seen couples that marry and have marital problems, and the husband begins to do things? That will we know will destroy the marriage, and the reason why is that he has entered into a place of helplessness. All of a sudden, he comes back home, and when he comes back home, he stays for one day, goes for four days, and he will tell you that's the way I'm solving my mental problem. All of a sudden, you see a girl that is getting, is trying to get married, and the girl says, oh, "No, no, no, I don't use makeup, I don't, I don't do anything. No. I beg anybody wants to marry me, she come to my house and come and for my marrying." Is that how it works? It's not like trying to raise finance for business. We'll just say like, please, I cannot do anything about my, my business, this and this and this. I'm telling you. You say, do you have books for business? Is, I, I, I can't come and keep myself. I've been doing proposal, proposal, proposal. I didn't say anything. So right now, I don't know proposals again. Anybody that wants to help my best, just come and give me money. Is that right? Is that how it works? You say, where have you sent your CV in 2021? I'm tired of sending CV. You know how many CV I've sent? In 2020, I sent 500. I sent 2,000. I'm tired of sending CV. So you begin a pattern of behavior that is self-sabotage. Glory to God. The Bible says, the man says, I have no man. So what pattern is it here? He began a blame game. He began to blame other people for what his responsibility. What did Jesus Christ say to him? Verse 8. The Bible says, and Jesus, so in verse 7, this man began to claim that the reason why I was not successful was that he had no man and other people were his problems. So one said, Why are you not growing? He says, it's The church is the church, that's why I'm not growing. He say, Why are you not growing? He says, it's The corona, that's why I'm not growing. Why are you not prospering? It's coronavirus, that's why I'm not prospering. Why are you not prospering? His ancestors are not prospering. Why are you not prospering? It's Nigeria that's not making prosper. Some of us are staying here, going nowhere, and we're going to do well. When you change our money from naira to dollar, it will still be more than people that walk abroad. Praise God. Some will need to move abroad, but some are not moving abroad. So, we are not staying here. You know, we are not settling. Some people, they are staying in a because they cannot get out. Mm-mm. We are not settling. We are saying that we are like the tree planted by the rivers of water. That bears its fruit in season. <laughs> we don't settle with sir Some people join next level prayer. One or two weeks, I'm tired. That's the thing. For you to have results, there must be consistency. Everything works with consistency. That's the problem with mental problems. might mental problem. you solve one, you solve the second, you break down. No, sir, if you want to solve a mental problem, there must be consistency. I was reading about the principle of marketing. Marketing says that for you to get, sometimes you think some things are spiritual, and it's not. For you to get the results that you want, you must market the person, you must go to about seven people before you get one prospective client. Just a powerful principle of marketing. When we started Next Level Prayer, I don't know if you were aware that for a long time we were between 150 and 250. And I remember when one of our staff spoke to me about the possibility, this is so embarrassing. Let's just pack it up because nobody's even joined the prayers. I said, leave me alone. It's not about people. Let me be leading my prayer. Last Friday, we were 25,000 people on Next Level Prayer. The testimonies i have received from Next Level now is close, it's over 5,000 testimonies. The lady that helps with the testimony says, Pastor Bology, the testimonies are overwhelming. So, you know, you've been trying to toast women, they shut you down, shut you down, shut you down, shut you down. you now say all of, all women are the same. You have entered in your because you are all of a sudden blaming people for your outcome. All of a sudden, Nigeria is a problem. Can you see what you're saying right now? And I'm saying so because this is what we learn as a nation. Listen to me, everybody. There is no country in this world that the reason why his members or his citizens are rich is called the country country have enablers i know that but in those even in america you will see beggars i mean i go to america often you will see beggars on the road this guy has blue passports and he's asking for one penny you'll be like what if i could mistakenly just get a blue passport He's asking you tourists. So look at you. You served in church as an usher. You served here as a self-leader. The self did not do well. And you say, I will never have to be a leader again. What you don't understand is this. So you shut down. You're because, you say, why do you not say that? Because of my members. They are not responsible. Can you see? You are always saying that the outcome you have is because of them. Listen to me. The people that do well in life, they take responsibility for their lives. And that is where faith starts from. What is faith? I want to begin to take responsibility where I am. I'm not going to leave my destiny in the hands of somebody else. And I'm saying so that with all this COVID, with all this COVID, there'll be a lot of breakthroughs. With all this COVID, there'll be a lot of pressures. Which one are you going to settle for? Let me ask a question here. How many of you have prayed more in the last 60 days? Hands up. Just put your hands up, please. Just put your hands up. Just wave it at me, please. Did you see that? Some people say COVID took them from God. Some people say COVID that may be spiritual. It's not COVID, it's your response towards COVID. Someone says, Pastor, how would they even notice us now? When all we used to go out at this, we'll see boys that can marry us. Is that how they notice us? People can never notice us again. That's what you're saying. Some people are saying that this is the best thing. At least the boys in my estate are now paying attention. Because formerly they would go out, go out, go out, go out, go out. Now we are all here. They are now the squad, they are beautiful girls in the estates. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So verse 8, what did Jesus Christ say to him? Number one, Jesus said unto him, this is what Jesus Christ said. He said, rise. What did he mean by rise? Rise is a physical word to get up. But that was not just what he meant. He said the first thing is that you've laid down for too long. Let your thinking stand up. Let your thinking stand up. He said your thinking has been flat to the ground. You're thinking as a paralyzed. You can't see the thing growing. You can't see the thing excelling. He said, Rise. Lady, rise. Businessman, rise. Rise. Stand up, sir. Stand up. Rise. Rise. He said, Rise. Then the next thing he said is this. He said, Take up your bed and walk, which is very instructive. What does take up your bed mean? The mentality and support system that has crippled you, carry them and do without them. He said, Take up, because what was the bed? The bed was that thing, it was a support system. Some of you, it's your uncle, because my uncle has not done this. My brother has not done this. He said, Rise. He said, Take up your bed. He said, Carry that mentality that is your support system. There's an emotional support system that holds you back. There is a mental support system that holds you back. There are things you look Maybe validation that holds you back. He said, that thing that you used to rely on, that you used to keep in that helpless state, he said, carry it. What do you do? The first thing is this. If you want to overcome, because this is the teaching of faith, the first thing you have to do is that you have to change your perspective. How do you change your perspective? Faith starts with me taking responsibility for change. Listen to me. Faith doesn't say there's no mountain. Faith says I can move the mountain. Faith does not say there's no challenge. Faith says I can change the challenge. Faith does not say there's no trouble. Faith says I can trouble my troubles. That's what faith says. Faith is not saying that it will be easy. Faith says I can turn it around. Is that what your faith is saying or your faith is saying something else? You need to change your perspective. And listen, you need to change your perspective, especially about setbacks. And this thing about helplessness is what most of us learnt as young. We lent it as a child. We lent it from home. Because sometimes you will hear something like, you know, I did very well in mathematics. But looking back, it was not because I love mathematics. It was because I had a teacher that believed in me and I loved so much. Any you love the teacher, you do well in the subject. Yes or no? You know why? your love for that teacher will help you increase imputes and that will bring results. So you will not conclude without training, say, I'm good in this subject. You are not good in any subject. Sir. Nobody is born with a singing voice or without a singing voice. The people that sing, the reason why they sing is that from when they were young, they began to train them to sing. They had exposures where they learned that. When I said preaching, I mean, they will tell you, my voice was terribly... I could not even sing on a key. But a time came, I'm like, okay, let me try to learn this. So you have to change your perspective. So, and if you're not in church last week, you have to go back online and watch the message on perspective. Because the perspective is this, is this a setback or is this a setup? Is this a failure... Or is this a lesson? There's a perspective. The second thing you have to do is this. The second thing you have to do is this. Look at that man. If he realizes, let me look up here. Let me look here. The man at the pool. If he realizes that everybody at this pool will be healed by an angel, I will be healed by the person that sends the angel. His response towards waiting will be different. Is that not true? Because everybody had a lower manifestation. That's what happened. Everybody had a lower manifestation. It was only him that had a superior manifestation. That Jesus Christ will come, single me out and heal me. Glory to God. The second thing is this. Be very clear about what you desire. Most people are clear about what they don't want. But they are not clear about what they want. I ask people all the time, what do you want? I say that. Ah, I just hate this and this and this. I said, "Sir, what do you want? One time a couple came to me. So I told the wife, what do you call it? I said, what do you want? She said, I just like the way it treats me. I said, I know. What do you want? He said, just imagine the way talks to me. He said, what do you want? He said, I can't even believe you're asking me. I said, what do you want? And unfortunately, it's whatsoever you desire that you receive. What do you desire? A lot of people are clear about what they don't want. But a lot of people are not clear about what they want. That's why Jesus Christ says, Jesus asks the man, he says, do you want to walk? He say, I have no man. Is that what he's asking you? My brother, my sister, what do you want? Sometimes even the things you say you want, you don't want it. Because what you say you want is still a means to something else. Many of you don't want a job or a business. It's money that you want. Is it not true? Let's just cut the race and point to the money and say, it's money I want. Praise God. Because what you are praying for might be a long route towards the money. Glory to God. The first thing is this, which is very important. Tame your feelings and expectations. Why? Everybody, is, everybody makes decisions on their feelings. And that's what the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. You are not your feelings. So don't make decisions based on your feelings. Why? You are a faith man. We walk by faith and not by sight. Anybody that responds to his feeling 100% will always fail in life. E.g., Esau. Esau ate the porridge. Because he felt hungry, he said, What is my bed right? Many of you wake up on the sun and say, I don't feel like going to church. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything to me. I don't, feel like, I don't feel like praying. It's not a feeling, it's a decision. So, I am not my feeling. My feeling or my emotion does not tell me what to do. They, are, they belong to me. I instruct them on how to support my goals. So, your feeling says you're a failure. You still tell your feeling that, Are you stupid? You have no respect. Because I choose to accommodate you in my life, you had the audacity to tell me you're a failure. Glory, you Ro. Know? Praise God. Because the major thing is this: once you feel wrong, you will do wrong. Oh my God! Once you feel wrong, you will do wrong. Once you feel negative, you will do negative. You have no choice. You can't help yourself. So, and how do you tell me you feeling? We walk by faith and not by sight. As I was coming here, there was a way I felt yesterday, you know, my voice, everything, and the voice was like, ah, you know, it will not be a good message. It will not be powerful. Meanwhile, this is a great message. Isn't that a great message? This is not a powerful, you know, because of how you feel. And I just knelt down and I said, Father, I thank you because number one, I walk by faith and not by sight. I said, number two, I said, number two, is this. The Bible says, I'm an able minister of the New Testament. I went on my knees, i prayed. I said, Father, I believe it. That's what I believe and I'm going forward to it. Look at it now. We're here. It's powerful. It's life-changing. Your life is changed by the message. When I was coming to church this morning, Satan said, "Uh, you know, it's Valentine's Day. People have traveled. They will not come to church. I said, Satan, that's the thing even if they don't come to church, the power of the Holy Ghost is strong enough to pull people that have never been to church inside the church. Look down, look at the back, this is first service, the place is blocked, people are in overflow. But the thing is that the moment you start accepting those emotions and feelings, because this is it, once you accept the emotions, the feelings, the belief, as a man thinketh of feels in his heart, so it to be. So once you accept those things, the manifestations of those things will happen. You say, man, you know men will always cheat, your husband will cheat. I cannot help it. You are the prophet, I prophesied. You say, you know you can't succeed in Nigeria. You will not. You've said it. But I know one thing, that I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of water that pierce its fruit in season. Hallelujah. Were you blessed today? Just, (laughs) Glory to God. Just imagine, as a pastor, I came to you and I said that this year we're trying to make 1,000 people that end between 50 and between 100,000, less than that, to 1 to 250,000. How does a pastor think like that? It, the, the, the only thing I can say so is because of the way I think that I'm anointed. Our church is a place of transformation. You can't come in here poor and leave if you can do what we're telling you, not if you can attend. Praise God. Let's not even pray. Praise God. Are you ready to pray? I don't know how this affects you. Maybe you are running a project. Maybe you are running a company. Maybe it's your marriage that is struggling. Maybe it's your job that is struggling. I want you to pray. And this is the prayer. I bring under every negative emotion and belief system that is holding me from entering into my promised land. And I'm beginning to step into big opportunity. You would sit the prayer we pray in earlier on That this is my come and see season Amen This is my what? Come and see season I want to lift up your voice and let us pray everybody. Let's go ahead and pray Let's go ahead and pray Let's go ahead and pray Oh let's go ahead and pray Anyway, you are go ahead and pray Go ahead and pray Yes go ahead and pray Thank you Jesus Oh glory to God 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 Every feeling, every emotion that is negative by the power of the Holy Ghost we subdue it in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Remember what I said. Change is going to come from New beliefs and new actions. I know you prayed this morning, but what action are you going to take this week? What action are you going to take this week? What action are you going to take towards that project happening? What action are you going to take towards that goal? What belief do you need to change? Because that's how change will come. Lord, in the name of Jesus, will you please stretch forth your hands? I speak on all of your people. You have come into your come and see season. It's a season of mighty things for you. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you and have your seat. Was this helpful for someone today? Yes. Yeah, it was helpful. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to receive our Titan offering at this moment.